Arc 5, Chapter 44 Nothing Left Unsaid Everyone in the room was plunged into a state of shock after Otto dropped that bombshell and raising his hand. The unverified existence of the Book of Wisdom was just confirmed, not by anyone else, but by one of their own. It was only natural that they would be shocked, with Subaru's surprise being the biggest among them all. What? Why would you have the Book of Wisdom? Before you misunderstand, let me explain. I was indeed the one who brought the so-called Book of Wisdom into the city, but the book is not mine. I was pretty shocked when I heard the witch cult's request as well. So-called? That's a curious way to put it. What do you mean? As Otto answered the shaken Subaru, Anastasia picked up on that descriptor and piled on with a question of her own. At that, Otto looked around at the others and... Do you guys know about the Book of Wisdom? Simply put, it's like the witch cultist's gospels. A book of prophecy that is able to tell you the future. Except, it seems to be the original. I heard that the difference in accuracy is huge. The gospel's original? It might be a stretch, but that reminds me of the prophecies of the Dragon History Stone. Though, of course, their credibility, reputation, and standpoints are nowhere near the same. I never had an opportunity to witness the prophecies of the Dragon History Stone or the Gospel come to pass, so I can't say anything about their reliability. And the same goes for the Book of Wisdom, I'm afraid. By the time I got my hands on it, the book was already nothing more than mostly burned remains. Burned remains. Otto's description matched the fates of both volumes of the Book of Wisdom in Subaru's mind. One belonged to Beatrice, and was lost in the flames of the burning Forbidden Library. The other belonged to Roswell, having been reduced to cinders by Ram in Sanctuary. It was hard to say how much the testimony of its creator, Echidna, could be trusted. But if her words were to be believed, then both volumes in existence should have been burned. In that case, what Otto obtained must be its charred remains. I see. I think I know why Otto Kuhn brought the book into Pristella now. Seeking the help of Restoration Master Darts, right? That is correct. With that simple reply, Otto nodded to Anastasia's conclusion. Though both Julius and Reinhardt appeared to accept this with an air of understanding, Subaru seemed confused by the term that he had never heard before. Hey! Don't you all suddenly go, ah, and leave me out of the loop here. What's the Restoration Master? Just as the name implies, they're magicians who specialize in Yang magic and can restore objects to their original forms. Darts is quite a famous member of their circle. He lives in this city. Even books that have been half reduced to ashes can be restored with pretty good results, if given enough time. I managed to make contact with Master Darts and leave him with the remains of the Book of Wisdom so the book should be in his workshop at the moment. With Otto's testimony, the Book of Wisdom's whereabouts had finally been revealed. But then, when did Ottobro meet that guy? Yesterday, after the negotiations with Muse Company fell apart. Once everyone went their separate ways, I paid a solo visit to Master Darts. We had a chat in private, and he seemed pretty enthusiastic about taking on the job. Subaru could just imagine Otto going pale in the face upon hearing the Book of Wisdom come up during the upheavals today. That explains how the burned Book of Wisdom survived, and why it was brought to the city. But Otto's true motives were still unknown. 
just why would he want to restore the Book of Wisdom? Honestly, Subaru had no good impressions of the Book of Wisdom. It was an ominous black book created by Echidna and associated with the Gospels in the hands of the witch cult. It was the reason Beatrice had been bound to the Forbidden Library for 400 years and the reason Roswell's plots wrought violence upon the sanctuary. In truth, Subaru had been relieved that he had heard that the books were destroyed by the fire. I won't dwell into the details of its acquisition or why it was brought here to be restored. I only intended to clarify the Book of Wisdom's existence and its current location. Anything beyond that is an internal matter within our faction. But the Witch Cult is listing the Book of Wisdom as one of their demands. Whose responsibility do you think that is? I don't believe anything the Witch Cult does can be blamed on anyone other than the Witch Cult. But if you insist on it, I shall have to make some unfriendly remarks of my own. Otto stood his ground resolutely in front of Julius's protests. And seeing Otto turn his gaze to Anastasia, Julius quickly shook his head. My apologies. I said something useless just now. Naturally, I have no intention of laying the blame on you. The witch cult's crimes will be properly repaid when we exact punishment upon them. Agreed. Otto nodded to Julius's determined words while stealing a glance at Subaru. But seeing that secret gaze, Subaru could not say a word. What was Otto thinking? Even if Subaru had no intention of suspecting him, he still had no idea what he was up to. Seeing Subaru like this, Otto quietly, silently moved his lips. Let's talk later. The message got through. He would explain everything then. In that case, they better put the matter on hold for now. Now that the Book of Wisdom's existence has been confirmed, we cannot be so sure that the part about artificial spirits is just delusional ramblings. With that settled, Reinhardt started off with a new topic. Though it was only going with the flow of things, now that Otto had already revealed something potentially disastrous to himself, there was no reason for Subaru to continue withholding his. Anastasia-san. I know, I know. Well, this ain't gonna be easy. Seeing Subaru seeking her consent, Anastasia took off the scarf around her neck. She spread it out on the table, while everyone else tilted their heads at her determined expression. But what she did made all of them turn their tilted heads straight. No need to play possum anymore, Echidna. You can speak up now. In my case, rather than playing possum, wouldn't playing fox be more appropriate, Anna? <clears throat> Oh my. Following Anastasia's call, the white fox scarf stretched out its limbs with a will of its own. Seeing this, the same expressions of shock wash over Julius and Ricardo's faces. It seemed Anastasia had hidden the existence of the artificial spirit Echidna, even from the members of her own faction. Hey, miss. I don't know that thing. The heck's that thing? Sorry for hiding it from you, Ricardo. Julius, too. This child would be the artificial spirit we're talking about. Her name's Echidna, and she's been my accomplice for a long, long time. Hello, Ricardo. It would be pretty awkward to introduce myself like we have just met, when, technically, I have known you for ages. We can't be all bloody-buddy just like usual if you wish. Echidna was exceptionally friendly to Ricardo, who looked like he was gazing at something creepy. And as off-put as Ricardo was by the White Fox's attitude, 
Julius's face looked even more shocked. Faced with the secret his master had hidden from him, his pupils were wavering with wear and unconcealable dismay. Then that means Anastasia-sama is also a spiritual arts user? Hmm, not exactly. There's no contract of the sort between me and Echidna. I just ain't got the knack for it. And also, unlike ordinary spirits, Echidna can't fight at all. That is correct. I am as incompetent as it gets. I am afraid I might even be the weakest spirit there is. So weak that even the spirit knight cannot sense my presence. Is that... so? No, but then... Julius's suspicion were dismissed by Anastasia and Echidna in turn. But rather than being assured, he turned his gaze towards Subaru, who was standing at the sidelines. There was a certain sharpness in the yellow gaze he directed at Subaru. Why does Subaru look like he already knows, when I, as your knight, was not aware of it? How could he- It ain't anything of the sort. It's- It's because he's an artificial spirit. Just like my partner, Beatrice. After we heard the witch cult's demands, Anastasia-san explained it to me. So, I only found out a little while ago. Not much different from you. She's an artificial spirit? Anastasia-sama, is this true? Cutting Anastasia off, Subaru succinctly explained the matter to Julius, suspicion visible in his eyes. Seeing Anastasia nod to his question, Julius muttered, Is that so? And briefly closed his eyes as if to take it all in before exhaling a deep sigh. I apologize for having held suspicions about your behavior. Please forgive me for any displeasure I might have caused you. Anastasia-sama, I am deeply ashamed. I've got no right to chastise you when I've been keeping it secret all this time. I should be asking for your forgiveness instead. Julius gave Subaru a nod and apologized to Anastasia. But seeing Julius's apology from the side, Ricardo grabbed Echidna off the table. Still, that's really mean, miss. How long have we known each other? Why would you keep something like that from me? I'm kinda hurt. Is that all we are to each other? I would appreciate it if you did not handle me so roughly. I am quite finicky about my hair. And you would not want to damage Anna's adorable appearance, now would you? Pretty gib-tongue, ain't ya? Ugh, never mind. I'll let it go this time. After pulling and squishing it to his heart's content, Ricardo seemed satisfied and let the white fox go. Landing on the table, the white fox quickly scuttled over to Anastasia, wrapped around her neck, and became inanimate once more. Having resided there for long, it was impressive how quickly it could return to its lifeless state. And so, the artificial spirits exist as well. That said, just like Otto Kuhn's Book of Wisdom, I've got no intention of handing this child over to the witch cult. Sorry for keeping it a secret, but I feel similarly. Beko is my important partner. I won't even let her hold hands with those lunatics. Anastasia and Subaru both asserted their decision to refuse the witch cult's demands. Hearing this, Reinhard nodded and... I know, of course we cannot accept a single one of their demands. Although, perhaps the one about someone marrying a bride could be overlooked. No! Absolutely not! Because the person that arsehole's talking about marrying and all that fucking bullshit is Amelia! Wait! Huh? 
Miss Amelia's been kidnapped? Since I hadn't seen her around, I thought she had evacuated. Couldn't you have brought it up sooner? Reinhard widened his eyes, and the shocking news sent Otto's eyes spinning. Subaru clenched his teeth in response to the pair's reaction and continued. Sorry, it was all my fault. She was taken away in front of me. But since the guy's talking about a wedding, he shouldn't have done anything to hurt her. So we have to go over there, kill him, and bring her back. Absolutely. No matter what. Yes, we will. If that is how it is, we absolutely cannot allow this. Just the thought of Regulus sent rage boiling within Subaru's mind. And, in support of that indignation, Reinhardt's fighting spirit peaked, as if agreeing with the other's rage. It was an aura so dependable that it was terrifying. Without a doubt, his presence was tremendously reassuring. And at this thought, Subaru turned his gaze to the corner of the room, towards the man who had stayed out of this conversation thus far. Sitting there, leaning against the wall, his expression was hidden behind his helmet. Hey! Ow! You should join the conversation too. You haven't said a word since the end of the speech. Our most lethal weapon got held up all because of that bastard you guys brought. You better do something to make up for that, you know. Walking over, Subaru called to the downcast Al, and sighing at the lack of a reaction, Subaru brought up Reinhard's father, Heinkel. Heinkel had taken Felt hostage and effectively pinned Reinhard in place. This clear-cut betrayal by turning a weapon on a royal candidate was not only a crime of lese majesté, but fell nothing short of treason. Normally, there was no way an offender could escape the death sentence after committing such a heinous crime. But just how would Reinhard handle this? At least, Subaru could not understand that from the side of Reinhard's face. I'm sorry, but I'm out. Huh? Perhaps distracted with his thoughts on Reinhard, Subaru did not react until Al had already stood up. Taking his back off the wall, Al looked like he was about to walk right past a confused Subaru. Realizing this, Subaru quickly grabbed Al's shoulder, turning him around. What? Wait! You're out? What are you talking about? We need every fighter we can get right now, and you want to leave us? What are you, an idiot? Idiot or whatever, you be crazy count me as a fighter to begin with. Any random guy you pull from the shelters who's been in a fight will be better than me, so it doesn't matter if I go. The hell is that? Don't give me that moody bullshit! What's going on all of a sudden? If you've got something to say, say it! You're the only person I don't want to hear that from, bro. Shaking off Subaru's arm, Al's penetrating glare pierced into Subaru from the inside of his helmet. That indiscernible gaze and uncharacteristic tone sent a chill crawling up Subaru's back. It was unlike hostility or murderous intent, but a fiery emotion all the same. Subaru felt as if he had seen that inexplicable emotion somewhere before, but he could not remember where or what it was and he went without understanding as they continued their standoff, when... My inspiration is flashing! Listen, if you please! Your gaze makes heat swell in my chest! Shut up! <laughs> Subaru reflexively lashed back at the happy-go-lucky voice that came out of nowhere. 
The target jumped at that shout and tumbled flamboyantly over the table behind her. Rolling around, moaning and wailing loudly, it was a girl with auburn skin. You're Liliana? Ah! Ow! My elbow! Ah, my knee! Every bone that can be called a bone in my body is shattered! All six of my ribs are broken! There's no mistake about it! The one energetically rolling on the floor in front of Subaru was a songstress, Liliana. Seeing her the same as ever, Subaru did not even bother pointing out that humans had more than six ribs, but only patted his chest in relief. I was pretty worried after we got separated, but I'm glad to see you safe. That's a relief. Safe? Can't you see I'm on the verge of death here? How can you pat your chest in relief in front of a damsel in distress? What kind of sick humor is that? My inspiration is flashing. Listen, if you please. Fingers, ears, and eyes. Oh, you're still pretty lively, aren't you? Sitting up cross-legged on the floor, she strummed her lyre lyre. Suddenly a picture of health. Although the abruptness of her recovery was rather unsettling, Subaru was just glad that she was all right. But how did you get to the city hall? It must have been dangerous wandering around outside. Naturally, that is something for me to decide, commoner. <sighs> Before he could ask Liliana how she got here safely, an arrogant voice answered the question in her place. With the ringing of high-heeled footsteps, a woman in repleasant red stepped into the conference room. Adorned in rouge from head to toe, she swept her blood-red eyes across the room. Looks like all the actors have gathered. It was good of you, Rabble, to have gone ready for the star to arrive. Be sure to keep it up in the future. Smiling in a good mood, holding a spread fan to her lips. Priscilla. Her sudden entrance surprised everyone, including Subaru. But the first to react was none other than her servant, Al. But princess so you're safe. I was worried when I couldn't find you anywhere. Hmm, is that Al? What is the meaning of this? Dallying with these peasants instead of serving me? Is it not your duty to look upon my figure, listen to my voice, inhale my scent, and obey my commands? And Schultz, making me have to look for him myself, there should be a limit to your insolence. But please forgive me, Priscilla-sama. While Priscilla mercilessly berated her worried servant, a little boy in butler's uniform peeked out his head from behind her, timidly clinging to her dress. It seems that Priscilla not only saved Liliana, but her butler, all the while strutting around the city overrun by the witch cult. <sighs> what kind of crazy audacity is that? Subaru spilled a sigh at the fine line between excess bravery and recklessness. Hearing this, Priscilla turned her glare to Subaru. Snapping clothes to her fan, she briskly walked over to him. You there, do not move. <laughs> With a swoosh of wind, she held the tip of her fan to Subaru's throat. As usual, moving with unconceivable speed, she reached him before his eyes could even register her motion. But since Reinhardt had not intervened, Subaru figured he was in no actual danger. What are you doing? We're having an important conversation right now. We don't have time for your- Good. So that clumsy broadcast earlier was your voice? Yeah? So what? As pathetic as it was to rely on Reinhardt's lack of movement as his indicator, Subaru chose to huff back at the huffing at Priscilla. 
At that response, she squinted her eyes. It has been decided. I will not tolerate anyone getting more attention than myself, so I will prove how obviously superior I am to the likes of you. Huh? <laughs> Flicking up the fan at Subaru's neck, it snapped against his chin so hard that tears came pouring out of his eyes. With this, Priscilla left him and imperiously sat herself down in one of the seats at the round table. Such a worthless chair. I can tell how cheap it is just by sitting on it. Making that scalding remark about the quality of the furniture, she swept her gaze across the faces seated at the table. Then, opening her red-painted lips, a splendidly gruesome smile rose on her face. Come now, I will allow you to tell me everything about the current situation. Be mine hands and feet, and fulfill your responsibilities to your utmost. As a reward, I will lend you my help. Remember to be grateful. Wait, princess. Now that we've found each other, there's no reason to stay here, right? We should just get out of this dangerous place and- Are you suggesting I run away, Al? If so, then you are gravely mistaken. Seeing Priscilla reclined into her seat as if intending to participate in the conference, Al hurriedly protested. But Priscilla shot back a glare, instantly freezing Al inside his metal helmet. Are you listening? I am the one who decided to stay in this city, and I will be the one to decide whether to leave it. I do not accept instructions from anyone. Besides, you want me to turn my back on these rabid fools and shamelessly run away? Who do you take me for? Uh. Everything in this world is made for my convenience, so why should I leave and allow this obnoxious mess to continue? If you wish to call yourself my servant, then know this, Al. I am favored by divine providence, and thus my actions are divine providence. Priscilla's will could not be swayed. Everyone present, and most of all Al, knew this. Seeing Al slump his single shoulder, the young butler, Schultz, quickly snuggled against him and wryly smiling at his consoling gesture. Al made up his mind as well. Otto, do you have a minute? Yeah, let's go. As the round table began briefing Priscilla on the current situation, Subaru whispered to Otto. Apparently having anticipated this, Otto complied without a hint of surprise. Garfiel, let me know when they're done. Leaving the instructions behind, Subaru left the meeting room with Otto. And as soon as they were outside, they turned and faced each other in the hallway. Meeting Subaru's gaze, there was no hesitation in Otto's eyes. He knew exactly what they needed to talk about. Why the hell are you trying to restore the Book of Wisdom? No, before that, when did you pick up its remnants? It was a year ago, after the problems in Sanctuary were settled. After the snow Miss Amelia brought down disappeared from the forest, I was wandering around the premises of the village when I... Well, I can't exactly say it was by chance. I heard what happened from Rom, so I was actively searching for its scorched remains as well. So then, what you found was what remained of Roswell's Book of Wisdom? Yes. I was unusually lucky since that happened to be the place I wanted to check out. Unusually lucky. Must be a jab at how unusually lucky he was. Although Otto was wryly smiling, Subaru was in no mood to share this sentiment. Because Otto's reasons for doing this were still weighing down on Subaru's chest. Tell me honestly, Mr. Natsuki, what do you think of Margrave Mathers? Roswell? As Subaru sank into silence, Otto posed him for this question. It sounded both somewhat relevant to the topic at hand, and yet not relevant at all. For a moment, Subaru pondered on the question. Well, 
I think him to be a treacherous guy, especially after what happened a year ago. But since that guy's goals are clear now, and assuming they haven't changed, I don't see him as an immediate threat. In fact, now that we understand each other's goals, I kind of feel like an accomplice. I don't trust Margrave Mathers in the slightest. Otto declared, pointing out how naive Subaru's thinking was. Hearing this, Subaru widened his eyes at the sharpness of that statement. You mentioned what happened a year ago. Yes, that stuff's true. But he's been plotting long before what happened in the sanctuary a year ago. Mr. Natsuki, you and Miss Amelia seem to be awfully forgiving about that. It's not that we forgave him. Everything that guy did was fucking ridiculous. And I'm still super pissed off. But the fact remains that we need that guy's influence. So there's not much we can do. And Amelia has the same idea. That is what I'm calling naive. Though I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Otto shot an impatient gaze at Subaru. The latter somewhat understanding the emotions seething underneath. In other words, Otto was telling him that he was not nearly wary enough. Of course, Subaru knew that it was something that he had kept an eye on, but... It's fine. The way you're approaching it is fine. There's no need to change that, since I'll be the one seeing to the necessary precautions. Precautions? As the internal minister, I have had plenty of opportunities to interact with him. From what I've seen over the past year, I didn't notice any signs of scheming or strange behaviors. But that's not to say he could not have already laid his plans out before this year. He could easily have set up something that'll only activate once a certain time has passed. Hmm. Subaru closed his mouth. Otto's weariness and concerns had got through. His distrust of Roswell was justified. It was just the natural consequence of that man's actions, be it good or bad. Though in this case, mostly bad. If he follows the Book of Wisdom's every word, and believes that it foretells the future, then one look inside the book will let us know everything that he's planning. That way, we can take the necessary measures to guard against any betrayal in the future. You mean, you are trying to restore that book? Because you don't trust Roswell? Quite the opposite. It's precisely because I do not want to distrust my allies that I want to make sure. I wanted some peace of mind that neither you nor Miss Amelia will be harmed, or, at the very least, that there was no misfortune to befall us. So, I kept the Book of Wisdom in hopes of restoring it. I apologize for being so selfish. With this apology, Otto lowered his head. But in front of him, Subaru could not say a word. He did not feel like he had the right. Otto's concerns and the actions he had taken to resolve them, those were all the things that Subaru and Amelia would have noticed. In fact, the hardships he had endured were entirely for Subaru and Amelia's sake. Now that he realized Otto had been silently helping him, all at once, Subaru felt ashamed, remorseful, and incredulous that he had not realized it earlier. And why would Otto do this for him? Was it just because they are friends? I won't tell you why, though. It's pretty boring anyway. As if having read Subaru's thoughts, Otto replied. Being beaten to the punch by the smiling Otto, Subaru breathed a deep sigh. Ah, <sighs> somehow, it's like I'm always being bailed out by the people around me. You included, you know. That may be, but I think you're good just the way you are when you made that broadcast, Mr. Natsuki. Otto scratched his head, while Subaru clicked his tongue and dropped his shoulders. 
a bit embarrassed by his considerations. I understand. I'm on board about the Book of Wisdom, but the problem is those assholes are still looking for it. So, what do we actually do? Regardless of whether it has been successfully restored or not, I think we better get it back. There's a great chance that Master Darts could get hurt, and that would be far from my intention. But, we're going to simultaneously attack all four control towers. We don't have any forces to spare for that. I may be a non-combatant, but I can more than handle myself if I travel by the waterways. I may not look like it, but duping animals like water dragons is one of my top strong suits, you know? Putting his hand beside his mouth, Otto must be boasting of his divine protection of the soul of language. In fact, when it comes to running away, Otto's divine protection would actually be quite handy. Besides, the enemy's main forces were concentrated at the control towers. Assuming they had not brought any extra witch cultist lackeys, Otto should not be in too much danger. Rather than worry about me, you should be thinking about the assault strategy. You must save Miss Amelia after all. That is quite the responsibility. Understood. I won't let anyone else have that greed asshole's head. That white-haired thug, that abomination demon, who had snatched Amelia, flashed across his mind. That, and the fact that he was a sin archbishop, meant that he was an enemy that must be defeated. Shall we head back? They must be about done with the debriefing by now. Seeing the invigorated Subaru, Otto turned his head to the meeting room, but just as Subaru nodded and was about to head inside with him, Subaru Donald, he was stopped by a low voice coming from the stairway. There is no mistaking who that voice belonged to. The person upstairs, watching him with narrowed, stern blue pupils, Wilhelm. Otto, you go on ahead. Okay, we'll continue this later. Otto went back into the meeting room while Subaru walked up the stairs to meet Wilhelm, waiting on the upper level. Then, as soon as they were on the same height, Wilhelm slightly lowered his eyes. I apologize. I could not join the discussion. I apologize for the inconvenience. With the situation as it is, no one would think to blame you or your companions, Wilhelm son. So, um, how is Cruz son? He had heard her condition was far from good. Or, not just far from good, but in a quite terrible state. As a woman, she probably would not want her status to be exposed to the public, either. Thinking back on that wretched state of his leg, he could imagine what kind of damage Krush must have sustained, and that thought alone made him regret imagining it. To Subaru's query, Wilhelm softly cast down his eyes. Krush-sama has requested to speak with you, Subaru Donald. May I trouble you to come with me? Krush-san asked for me? No! Of course I'll come, but is that really all right? It is her sincerest wish, though Ferris will not be happy about it. I guess not. Ferris would probably have some bitter words to say with Subaru. After all, the only two who faced off against Capella on the top floor of the city hall had been Subaru and Krush, and Subaru alone should have protected her. If Ferris says something disrespectful, please do not mind him. Please forgive him, if possible. Deep down, he does understand. It is just that he's facing emotions that he could not process. Watching the person most important to him suffer. 
I can understand why he'd want to curse the people around him. If only just to take his mind off the one he's worrying about. If venting his rage could erase some of his pain, then who could blame him? And so, Subaru steeled himself to take on some of his abuse as well. This way. Without remarking on Subaru's reply, Wilhelm led Subaru towards a place where Krush would be waiting. Tick, tack, the regular rhythm of their footsteps echoed through the hallway. And on the way... Subaru, Donald, there is something else I need to report. What is it? Is it something other than Krush, son? It regards the swordsmen accompanying the Sin Archbishops. Unwittingly, he stopped his breath. It should have been so obvious. How did he let this slip his mind? Mimi's wound, one that could not be healed, inflicted by the divine protection of the Death God. The true identities of those superclass swordsmen should be able to be deduced from that. One of them, the eight-armed Kurgan, a formidable swordsman who was a general of the Valachian Empire for a long time. A man who should have died ten years ago. A man who should have died? Um, Wilhelm son. And the other. Wilhelm cut Subaru off just before he could ask his question. He stopped his steps, and Subaru followed suit. Then, Wilhelm turned his back and sank into a momentary silence. Subaru took a step forward to peek at the side of Wilhelm's face, but instantly regretted it. He should have not seen it. The other is the previous generation sword saint, Theresia von Austria. My wife, who should have died in the battle against the White Whale in the great conquest that took place 15 years ago. What? The fact that he had kept his voice so calm and steady was a testament of a strength of will. But upon witnessing the retching agony that twisted Wilhelm's profile, that impression fell away. Chewing his lips, with rage and grief interwoven within his eyes, a crazed passion contorted his wrinkled face beyond recognition. One look at that expression, and all his emotions were clear as day. Your... wife? And... a general of the Empire? They're... actually still alive? If that is... No, that cannot be possible. My wife and Kurgan, both of them, should be dead. That cannot be overturned. The dead are still dead, but are being defiled by someone. If they're still dead, then it's something like necromancy. Necromancy, magic that manipulates the dead, was quite common in fictional universes. Of course, as far as fiction was concerned, magic able to return the dead to life was quite common as well. Although nothing so convenient existed in this world. This was something Subaru had painfully come to understand in a year and several months he had spent there. And so, he believed the possibility not to be the latter, but the former. Spells that manipulate the dead are forbidden, though I know of a being who once used it. In the Demi-Human War, the civil war between humans and Demi-Humans, which took place in Lagunica decades ago, she was one of three people who joined the Demi-Human side and were made enemies of the kingdom, fighting on the Demi-Human side. Enemies of the kingdom? The Demi-Human hero, Librea Fermi, the great strategist, 
Volga, Cromwell, and... After pausing for a moment, Wilhelm continued. The witch, Sphinx, an abominable existence, who, without batting an eye, mercilessly spilt the blood of humans and demi-humans alike. The only witch other than Sertella, whose name remains in the history of the kingdom. <laughs>